Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ready Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and we got a full house for you guys tonight. I got my guy Matt, Brandon, Dion from our media, Christian. We're going to be reflecting on the 49ers season thus far, previewing the next half. But before I kick it off to the guys, if you guys are tuning in on Twitter, head over to youtube.com slash 49ers Hive. Join from there so we can see and interact with your comments. If you're commenting on Twitter, we can't see it. We're not ignoring you. Just go to youtube.com slash 49 It's on the bottom of the screen. Now that I got all that out, Matt, I'm going to start with you. How are you doing tonight? How are you feeling? Yeah, it's a, it's a rainy evening in San Diego. Um, I'm at the tail end of a, of a head cold that I've been battling for like a week. Um, but I'm, I'm good, man. It's bye week, so a little bit of downtime. But I'm excited to jump into the season. Um, it was a little bit weird watching football without the 49ers on. That's for sure. Definitely. Um, Stress-free, though. That's a good thing. Stress-free. Uh, by the way, hit like, hit subscribe while you guys are here. You know how to do it. Brandon, you're over there in the corner. How you doing? Doing well, Zach. Uh, can't wait to have 49ers football back this weekend against the Chargers. And to make it all better, it's Sunday night football. So can't wait to see it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Dion, it's been a while since we've been on the show together. How you doing, my man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Everything is cool. You know, uh, I'm just enjoying the bye week because I am in high anticipation of a lot of people making a comeback. That's right. 49ers finally getting healthy. 49er Media, first time having you on the show. I appreciate you being on. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Uh, just busy week of school, but luckily it's a long weekend because of Veterans Day, so... At least that that's something to look forward to. And, of course, Niners football will be back. So that's going to be really exciting. Yes, sir. Christian, how you doing? <sighs> Good. Probably going to have the day off tomorrow. So just going to play some uh, God of War all day. Nice. nice. Looking forward to that. That's what's up. All right. Now that we got all the introductions done with, let's get into this season through week nine. 49ers sit at eight and eight. Excuse me, four and four, four and four. Uh, it's been kind of an up and down year. There have been good highs. There have been lows. Matt, I'm going to go right back to you. What do you make of this year? Is it roughly where you thought the 49ers would be halfway through? Oh, not at the beginning of the season. I thought we would be 
you know, maybe record wise four and four, that could have been fair as we kind of went through the ups and downs of, of the Trey Lance era, but that came to an end real quick in week two when he broke his leg against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, so right back to Jimmy Garoppolo and, you know, at least in that regard, it's, it's a familiar 49ers season where the defense has been better than the offense, but you know, it's, it's disappointing. You know, it's another year where you're punting on the future and, and waiting to see what Trey Lance is and you see development, you know, most recently it's, it's Justin Fields, um, Jalen hurts the same way you see these young quarterbacks developing, getting better. And it's just like, man, I want that for Trey Lance, but it's just not in the cards for this year. And it's just more of the same uh, with, with a little bit of a, a new mixture in there with the addition of Christian McCaffrey, which I feel is, has been the most probably positive I've felt about the season since Trey Lance went down. Yeah. It was really uh Rude awakening week to what first or second drive, whatever the hell was that Trey Lance goes down. Uh, Brandon, what do you, what do you make of what the 49ers have been able to do with Jimmy Garoppolo? I know a lot of fans, including myself were like, here we go again, but how do you feel about the way he's played this year? Um, I mean, it, I've said it on, on my show multiple times, Dion and Christian could agree and media with me. Um, you know, it's the same old Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you know, you see the hospital balls. You see the, I mean, for the first time ever since he's been with the Niners, you've seen two safeties now from him. Um, you know, the guy still doesn't know how to throw away the ball. He's making rookie mistakes. And what, this is nine years in the NFL now, right? So, I mean, it's the same old shit, but this is all we have left right now, at least for this season. And we just got to stick it out. Yeah. Yeah. Dion, Matt kind of touched on Justin Fields developing, Jalen Hurts developing, and 49ers throwback said it in the comments here. I don't get why our fans are hating on Trey, giving up on him, saying we should address Justin Fields ahead, instead of Trey Lance. I was high on Justin Fields coming out of Ohio State, but I'm still fine with Trey Lance. Obviously, we saw Justin Fields have a big game Sunday against the Dolphins. Ultimately, the Bears lost. Do you think that any of this proves the 49ers may have made the wrong decision? Not at all. <clears throat> you can't compare somebody. You can't compare Justin Fields to Trey Lance because there's there's one big, huge difference. Justin Fields is on the field. Trey Lance is not. So I, ever since we drafted Trey Lance, there have been haters, there have been doubters. And my thing is, until the man gives you more than enough to go on for you to actually try to make an assessment or some type of judgment on his play, then don't say nothing. Stop shooting him down as if this guy is just the worst quarterback known to man and he's horrible. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, when you take a look at it, Chicago's still three and six. So while, yes, there are times where uh, Justin Fields may look good in games, you're still three and six. You're not nine and oh eight and oh so why what are what what are we doing we're watching someone develop we're watching them in action develop that's good glad good for justin fields glad the man's developing glad he's coming along here's the thing your record does not reflect what you're doing on the field so while he's progressing he's learning he's growing i respect it i understand it he's still got a crappy defense that doesn't help you win games so at the end of the day, 
all of the hate that that Lance receives is unfounded. You have nothing to go on. You know, I mean, I, I've gotten to an argument with a dude on Twitter back and forth, and he's just trying to tell me how Jimmy Garoppolo is the best best thing since, you know, Joe Montana or something. And I'm like, bro, do you – what did you – well, he led us to the playoffs. I'm not even going to start that, but to make a long story short, no. It, it's not – we should not be giving up on Trey Lance. We should be backing Trey Lance, praying for him to get healthy, and praying that he continues to, you know, grow and blossom. We know next year we'll go through the ups and downs, but come on, man. Y'all got it. Our term is faithful. And, boy, there's a lot of people out there looking unfaithful right now. For real, I, I really don't get the rush to judgment. It, it's like – the classic, like you can have what's in this box or you can have what's behind this door and we have no idea what's behind the door. How can we definitively say what's in the box is better? We have no idea. We really don't. And it's unfortunate how this has played out so far through a year and a half of Trey Lance's career, but that's just the harsh reality of it. That's football. We'll see what happens next year when he comes back healthy. Uh, media, I'm going to throw it actually, to you. By the way, Go ahead. real quick. It's actually like having a box that has clear sides because we know exactly what Jimmy Garoppolo is and then still choosing not to pick the door. So that, that's well, what that's like. In my def- I was talking about Fields and Lance, but in that ref- yes, in that situation, definitely clear, clear sides. Uh, media, let's get something positive so far through eight games. What's one positive takeaway that you can say about the 49ers four and four excuse me, their record four and four so far? Yeah, so I mean, there's definitely been a few positives there. And I think the biggest one is the whole offensive line for the most part, because I know going into the season, a lot of people were down on this offensive line. They weren't really sure, oh, you know, how's it going to be? Because they're like, oh, already calling Aaron Banks a bust because he didn't play, you know, as a rookie. This is a second round pick. And he has obviously he's made some mistakes, but he's been the best offensive lineman on the 49ers so far. And then even Spencer Burford's been, you know, having an up and down, but he's looked good at times too. So, you know, these young guys on the offensive line are really looking good and continuing to develop. So I think that's definitely a big positive. Yeah. Which, which has kind of been an unexpected positive. Um, I know McGlinchey's kind of been, he's looking like a big doofus. Yeah. He's looking like a big doofus out there, but like you said, Burford, Aaron Banks, they're turning into some solid pieces for the 49ers to build that offensive line around, which is really, really impressive. Uh, Christian, I'm going to throw it to you. Christian McCaffrey, Matt Tushlam in his own kind of opening statement, he is actually a 49er. This isn't a dream anymore. He's here. How much does this actually change the 49ers offense and what they're able to do, maybe from a points-per-game standpoint? Um, I think it, it... – I'm, at least I'm hoping it can give us um, get our offense going to where we can actually, you know, constantly move the ball and not just like these scripted play stuff. But if the game against the Rams is any indication of this offense, this offense with Christian McCaffrey can be extremely good. Like we saw that without Debo out there. And most of the time Debo is the one guy that they tee on lately um, to try to stop. Now they got to try to worry about Debo and McCaffrey and Mitchell coming back. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see how, how it all plays out with everybody on the field. Um, the one thing I feel good about is I saw something from Jimmy against the Rams that I feel like I haven't seen him do in, I don't know if ever. 
and that's actually look for the running back in the check down consistently and make plays happen when he's looking for the check down. That touchdown to McCaffrey was like he was looking for his check down, saw McCaffrey then, but also saw there's a chance McCaffrey could go up the field, made a motion to send him up that way and then threw him the ball. So if Jimmy can just, you know, play like that because McCaffrey's back there and he feels comfortable so he plays better, that's that's the biggest thing I took from it. And what I'm hoping can be consistent the rest of the season is his ability to actually be comfortable using the running backs as a check down when nobody's there, because how many times have we gotten pissed off when there's guys open? He doesn't. And then the check downs open too. And then he just takes a sack. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it did look like a different, I don't want to say more comfortable, but it kind of was like a, a Jimmy Garoppolo. That was okay to just dump it off because we actually have somebody there that can make a man miss and gain six, seven yards instead of just getting wrapped up immediately. Um, Matt, I'm going to throw it back to you. I'm not sure if you've seen any of the speculation reports because, I, I, my opinion, that's all they are, that the 49ers are in on Odell Beckham Jr. One, do you believe them? Two, should they go after him? I don't believe it because they only have $6 million in cap, and hell no, they should not go after this guy. First of all, to touch on what we just talked about, you're talking about adding Christian McCaffrey. You're also going to be getting Debo Samuel back after his hamstring injury, you're also going to get back Elijah Mitchell. Now you're talking about adding an Odell Beckham for what to spread the ball around where, because now with Christian McCaffrey, if you have Debo Samuel healthy and you have uh, Brandon Ayuk on the outside and you have Elijah Mitchell in the backfield, now you can run two back sets with McCaffrey back there with Mitchell. And then if you really want to, you can avoid using some of the more lackluster receiver plays. <clears throat> Jawan Jennings looking at you. You can throw Christian McCaffrey, motion him out into the slot, have George Kittle still on the line, and how are defenses going to defend that? You're almost taking Jimmy Garoppolo's decisions out of his own hands because he's going to have so many playmakers around that he's going to have no choice but get, to get the ball to one of them. Um, I just I, – I don't see uh, – the 49ers, one, can't afford him, two, don't need him, and three, what do you even know you're getting – with Odell Beckham Jr. It's his second ACL surgery on that one knee. He's starting to push age 30. And he, I, to me, I don't think he's ever going to be the same. So if you want to blow money on yet another position that you have an abundance of talent at, by all means, I guess. But I just don't see the 49ers doing it at this stage. Okay. Yeah, I, I hear you. I brought up this tweet. I know this this account gets a lot of shit because people are like, they're kind of a BS account. I was trying to find the actual report. I couldn't find it. It is what it is. Um, but they're... Uh, Zach957 um, actually posted it. Okay. I'll see if I can find him. Um, but I, I think it, it is an interesting discussion because he doesn't have to be your best receiver. He just has to be better than, let's say, your third receiver, which Matt touched on there he would be better than Juwan Jennings does anybody else want to weigh in on if they should or not I don't want to I don't but I if I'm you know gonna just play you know opposite devil's advocate because I don't want to but if I'm gonna say what would be good even with Gray because he's a rookie we don't really have much of a deep ball the only thing that Beckham could give us is Jimmy could throw the ball up down the field to Beckham, even if he's double covered or one on one, or the, the guy can go up and get the ball, get the ball and take it down at its highest point. So that would be the one thing I could see he could bring to the offense is maybe we could actually throw some deep balls and complete them when they're contested because he's going to catch a lot of contested balls. That's the only positive can't, I think they could come out of it. 
the question is, can he though? Coming well, off of the second ACL, the is true. he still going to be that? And if he can't be that, is he going to accept a diminished role? Will mm-hmm. his ego allow him to accept that diminished role? Or will he st- still view himself much as a lot of elite athletes do? They don't recognize their own decline. Is he going to still consider himself to be a wide receiver one? And in that regard, will he disrupt the locker room like he has in the past if he's not getting the ball enough? Now you take the ball and put it in his hands. Now you got Debo, who you just paid. You got Ayuk, who wants to get paid. You have George Kittle, who's already been paid. You have Christian McCaffrey, who just came over and is going to be a large part of the offense. At some point, there's only one football on the field, and I think that Odell Beckham is just a needless addition. I'd rather add something on the defensive line because we've been getting gutted during the run up the middle. So I'd rather sign, you know, an Indomitian Sue or something yes, like that. Exactly. I was more, about to say, Sue. not add another weapon to, you know, it's like adding 50 caliber bullets to a pop gun. Like Jimmy is not going to be able to utilize all these weapons. <laughs> as <Pop> is. <laughs> J- Jimmy also can't really throw a deep ball as it is anyway. So OBJ would be kind of useless to have on this team. OBJ's route tree is very consistently outbreaking routes. He runs a slant and then he runs outbreaking routes and fly patterns. And that's essentially it. And other than the slant, Jimmy doesn't really throw any of those routes. Well, yeah, all I'll say that we wrap up on OBJ to SF rumors is within two weeks, we would have OBJ senior or whatever his pop's name is posting videos on YouTube again of his son running wide open that Jimmy can't hit just like he did when he was in Cleveland which was hilarious to see just roasting Baker Mayfield within two weeks. We'd have that again. So I'm going to, I'm out on OBJ to San Francisco for now. Um, if something crazy were to happen and it's only half a year, so maybe 6 million would be more than enough to get his services for half a year. But you know what? Matt, Matt makes a good point. There's only so much ball to go around. Chris McCaffrey, Brandon, Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. Like there are a lot of weapons already, a lot of mouths to feed. So I just don't think it's necessary. Uh, Dion, I'm going to throw it back By to you. By the way, real quick, if I were to guess, I'd guess that Odell Beckham probably ends up in like Tampa Bay or something like that, or or Green Bay. Buffalo. He Josh Allen great. blew out his elbow. Josh Allen's probably done for the year. Dude, he still threw it 70 really? yards with that blown out elbow, though. He threw it yeah, 70 He's going to need Tommy John, though, most likely. He's going to play through it. Watch. He'll play through it and have the surgery because he threw it 70 yards at, right after that injury. I mean, I you, bet you he plays. That's not I, that's not sustainable. I, I'll take that yeah, bet. Probably true, but hundred bucks. Nah, nah, I'm not a betting man, so I'm good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dion's cracking up in the quarter. I want to throw it back to you, Dion. The 49ers, Who are they as a team? Because we've seen them go off on shitty teams like Carolina, like the Rams, the Rams twice, I should say. Seattle, who looks to be a good team, but were they when they play them in week two? And then they've gotten absolutely obliterated by great teams like the, the Chiefs and kind of middle of the pack teams like the Falcons. Who are the 49ers as a team halfway through the year? Halfway through the year, the 49ers are trying to find themselves because they're not, they weren't anticipating being in a situation with a bunch of guys injured, losing your actual starting quarterback for the year. So, to be honest with you, I think we figure out who the 49ers are after this bye week. With the health of the individuals that they have already coming back, you're opening a, a window for Elijah Mitchell, opening a window for Aziz Al-Shair, opening a window for guys like Armstead, and I'm not going to put Kinlaw in there because I honestly don't think he sees the field again for, uh, this year at all. But 
Jason Verrett as well included in that conversation. So you allow those guys to, um, you know what I'm saying, come back, and that's going to help them find their identity. I honestly do believe that we get back to running the ball. I do believe that we start, we, we look at it. Once we know that Elijah Mitchell is good to go, I think you're going to see a lot of mix between him and CMC. You're going to see, uh, you know, and, and it's going to go back to what Kyle did in 2019, honestly. Whoever's got the hot hand stays their ass in, you know. And I, I think the thing is, is that's been explained to, to McCaffrey, and he's observed, he's had to observe it because that's what we did in 2019. Whoever had the hot hand was the person who stayed in the damn game. TC used to have a hot hand some days, and he'd be out there running wild. Some days it was Raheem Mostert, you know what I'm saying? And when uh, Kyle first got here, it was Matt Breida, you know what I mean? So he he will roll with whoever has the hot hand, and if he has a situation where both of them are going insane, it just works out well because then he can cook up different shit. You know, we are playing the Chargers, and the Chargers have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. I think they're, what, 29th, if I'm not mistaken? So – I say this team will figure out who they are and show everyone who they are the minute. Okay, so, yeah, there it is. As Chargers headed into Sunday's game against the 49ers, giving up 5.71 yards per carry. Worst in the league, on pace to be the worst of any team since 2000. They also just lost uh, defensive lineman Austin Johnson for the year. Johnson is number two on the team and number one in the run stop win rate among uh, the Chargers uh, defensive line. So that tells you right there, you just lost, you just lost your best run stopper. And you when even when he was in, you guys still sucked ass at stopping the run. Yeah. If Elijah Mitchell is healthy, all you're going to see is us run the ball. Jimmy's going to throw 10 to 15 times if he has to. And that's only going to be if on situations where they see that the run isn't working. I honestly think we run it down their throats and we get back to being who we are because who we are is a run first pass second team. We use the run to set up the pass. It's always been that way with Kyle. It's never going to change. And hopefully, you know, we get that rolling against the chargers. And if we do that, man, heading into Mexico city, look out. Cause Buda Baker was just crying. I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of losing. Why you Get it together. It was a passionate plea <laughs> and a passionate cry for help. But I'm sorry, Buddha. Ain't no help coming because you got Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. That ain't going to help much of a damn thing. Buddha should have been asking for them to um, ban Call of Duty in America. <laughs> Is there any, like, fall from grace faster than... I remember people were thinking Kyler Murray was, like, God's gift for a minute there. Mm. Like, oh, man, he's so good. He's so good. And then all of a sudden, he just stopped developing dead in his tracks, and he just looks like, ugh. He's lazy. Not only that, but he's got that little midget attitude. You know what I mean? It's just like, you need to relax, got, my guy. He little, he, he he's been yelling at people on the sideline a lot lately. Cliff and included. You got to check it. Yeah, Cliff included. Telling Cliff to calm the fuck down, yelling at him like. By, by the way, the, uh, the Kyler Who's Murray thing. This? There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. 
They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. The Kyler Murray thing is why I'm completely out on Bryce Young. That dude's going to be like a true 5'10 at the combine, and that's too short to play in the NFL. I don't mean to be like height elite, but name me a quarterback other than Drew Brees who's been elite level under six feet tall. He's There he's it also, is. He's also, built, he's also built like Zach Wilson. He's going to get hit or hurt every time he's touched. Well, no, yeah, here's, Bryce, here's Bryce Young's like a buck ninety, dude. He, I've, I've he stood next, I've stood on. close enough to Kyler Murray. That man is five eight at best. Five, I'm, I'm five six. Believe me, I'm, I, almost everybody is taller than me. I know height. Kyler Murray ain't but five eight at a max. You might give him five nine on a good day, and that's with shoes. <laughs> it didn't they do that rookie picture? Didn't they have him stand forward? Is that who I'm remembering correctly? Do you guys remember that? They did the rookie class, right? The first round picks <laughs> and the bleachers. And he's standing like way at the front of the bleacher, whereas everybody else is, has their legs against them. It was just funny. They made the angle look a lot taller. Oh, uh, Brandon, I'm going to throw it back to you. We have a prediction here from Peter King when he was on Damon Arado. Peter King says, if 49ers stay healthy down the stretch and there's no reason why they can't be Oh, excuse me. If the 49ers stay healthy down the stretch, there's no reason why they can't be in the Final Four again. And I think they will be in the Final Four again. Do you agree or disagree with Peter King here? Uh, I 100% agree. As long as they stay healthy, this team could go pretty far this season and possibly reach the Super Bowl. Um, this, I mean, especially after adding Christian McCaffrey, you saw when they played against the Rams that the offense looked totally different. Like everything was clicking, so I mean, if that keep continues on uh, throughout the rest of the regular season and into the playoffs, um, guys, be ready to see another Super Bowl appearance. Damn. Okay, B Dubs went bold. He was like, "Look, man, we ain't playing over here. We about to take it right back." Okay, I respect it. What's up, Matt? You have something to add to that? No, I mean, I don't I don't think he's far off. This is a historically weak year for the NFC. And, you know, even though the Eagles are undefeated there, there's plenty of holes in that team that they, they haven't played anybody that's super fantastic. I don't I haven't really seen them match up against the best of the best of the best. So um, they play in a division that's pretty weak. Um, so I want to see how the Eagles fare against, you know, one of the upper crust teams before I'm going to sit here and say that they're definitively the best. I think the 49ers stack up and match up well with the Eagles across the board. So 
it's very possible, but they, they have to get it together. They have to find their identity. Kyle has to transition from what he thought was going to be the offense going into the season with Trey Lance and fully commit to just doing the same old boring Jimmy Garoppolo shit that he's been doing for the last five years. And I think he's finally getting there. And you can add in the wrinkles with Christian McCaffrey. Really, he's got to limit what Jimmy Garoppolo can do in terms of, you know, making mistakes and just get the ball out of his hand quickly. And that way, let your playmakers make plays in space. And more often than not, this team with as many weapons as it has is going to make something special happen. So I look for the second half for the offense to be actually a little bit better. And that will actually take pressure off of the defense as they get healthier. Uh, They're not going to feel like they have to carry it. Um, I know that you know, none of the 49ers would ever say it publicly like Jalen Ramsey did, but sometimes you just need your offense to kind of get shit done. So yeah. Jalen Ramsey out of pocket for what he did, but it is what it is. I Especially after was... he's, been, he's been getting cooked, man. Yeah. Which I was can... hilarious. Go ahead, Christian. I was going to say, I can see why people think we'd make it to the final four again. And the, the, the biggest reason to me is because regardless of all the shit we're tired of Kyle doing when he gets in the playoffs, his team's his team's just hard to beat. And I think the reason that is, is every time he's been in the playoffs, he has the best run game of all the playoff teams and no, the best defense. So when you have the, the a good run game and a good defense, that's like the best thing to have in the playoffs normally because that's what wins you games in, the, in those kind of games. You know, obviously when we beat Green Bay, that was mostly defense and then special teams. You know, so like we always have the best things you need other than, you know, the quarterback sucks. So. In playoff games, though, sometimes you can win without your quarterback. So I could see why they would say we'd be in the final four again because, like, mostly this season I've been mostly like, oh, we're not even going to make the playoffs. But it's like if we do make the playoffs, the way I think about the whole thing changes because Kyle tends to do really well when he's in the playoffs. Media, I'm going to throw it back to you. This is kind of a historically weak NFC class, like Matt said. Who, other than the Eagles, do you think that are the biggest threat to the 49ers in in the conference? Um, you know, I know people say we probably will match up really, really well with them, and I would agree, but I'm gonna go with Minnesota because I, I like I, I think we could beat them, but I, I think if you ask me, you know, another team besides the Eagles, I'm gonna go with Minnesota because I don't know really, I don't think the Giants are that great. Um, I, you know the Cowboys. They they always end up, anyways, getting that out. Defense the, of the Cowboys though is for real. Yeah, but I I you know the Niners they, they beat them last year. So, and, you know when when they had a top defense too. So I I think honestly I'm gonna go with the Vikings, but I I think that the Niners could still beat them. Vikings have been kind of sneaky good, but. If I remember correctly, the only test they had was on Monday night against the Eagles, and they got whooped. Don't so, get Dion started on Cousins. Oh, yeah, I won't. I won't. But I am going to go back to Dion for another contender or pretender team in the NFC, which is Seattle. The 49ers whooped them week two. What do you make of Seattle, Dion? Is this a real team the 49ers are going to have to deal with? I believe they play them in Seattle to end the year. How does that go? Um, To be honest with you, you know what, man? The way Seattle's looked, there's been ups and downs with them. Um, they're they're probably on the same kind of trajectory we are as far as how their season has gone so far. Um, but I have to say that Seattle, I would say they're a contender. Um, they they show up against better teams, and sometimes they lose against lesser teams. Um, 
But uh, you know, I, I would I would say they're a contender. They give teams fits, and Geno Smith doesn't look as bad as we all anticipated he would. So I'll give them that much credit. Um, just to touch on what media said as far as the Vikings being there, uh, being I guess the team that we have to match up with and that can match up with us. To be honest with you, man, I'm not too worried about Minnesota. You already know how I feel. Cousins will never win a championship. It's just not going to happen. He needs to enjoy the time that he has being Mr. Blinged Out, dancing with his boys on the plane, and you know, and 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 hey, and, and all that. Enjoy that time, Kirk, because at the end of the day, bro, you're just going to be on the couch like the next person. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Damn. All right. Um, yeah, I just wanted to share this kind of an aside, but for nice throwback said, did you guys see Trey Lance on Instagram? He's out of his boot. So I wanted to share this picture with you guys. Matt, is that around the same time, normal time for? Uh, yeah, that's about the same. That's about the same. Yeah, that's a, that's a good time frame for him. So. And he's so. young. You got to remember his body is going to heal up a lot faster than people anticipate. Um, I know when. It was crazy. I know when uh, he first got injured, someone asked, do you anticipate Trey Lance coming back at any point during the season? First of all, Tommy, you always with, <laughs> with, with the BS and you spelled my name wrong, okay? That, that's, the, that's the way you spell the great Deion Sanders name. I don't have an I. It's just D-E-O-N. And Tommy knows that. I know he's just messing with me. But um, him, as far as Trey Lance healing up the way he's going to heal – you know, Kyle quipped really – he was really fast about things after a year. Like, and you know how Kyle is. And you see when he's perturbed at a press conference because somebody asked him a question, he didn't like gets all pissy and he gets upset. Um, but at the end of the day, who knows? You know, God forbid anything happened to Jimmy Garoppolo because we need him. You know, we know that we are basically hoping on him game managing, not screwing the game up. But I'm going to tell you like this. If it gets to the playoffs, we get to an NFC Championship game. Trey Lance is healthy. Something happens with Jimmy. I'm I'm okay with this. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have to deal with it. I'm okay with that. You're telling me I need to activate Trey Lance in some way, shape, or form? I'd love that, but I don't I don't think you can because you pretty much put him on IR for the rest of the year. But that would be dope. All right. Um, where to go from here? Let's look forward. Let's look ahead. I know we've kind of been reflecting. We've been doing a little bit of both. Let's focus on ahead. Christian, I'm going to throw it back to you. The immediate ahead. Sunday night against the Chargers. We touched on their run defense. We touched on what the 49ers should be able to do with their run game. What do you expect to see Sunday night? Maybe some familiar faces are back healthy. What are you expecting? Uh, Well, I just expect to see a pretty dominant run game. And that's not from CMC. I expect to see if Elijah comes back. He's gonna. He already was. Av- he already averages close to six yards a carry against this against this uh, Chargers defense. Coming back, I think he's gonna feel like he's got something to prove. To being only his second year, he's gonna he's gonna freaking be a beast. I think the one-two punch with him and McCaffrey is gonna be great because I almost like having um, Mitchell in there on first and second down running the ball sometimes because then we. I I really like being able to always have McCaffrey on third down just because, you know, it's passing down. Um, But I see a a pretty big run game. Hopefully Jimmy's only throwing the ball no more than 20 times, if that. And hopefully it's really high percentage throws. 
because the run game's going good. So it's one of those ones where Jimmy has almost uh, no no incompletions, maybe one or two. Um, I'm I'm hoping that we get to see Armstead back because then we can kind of see how much better our run defense is if he's back in there. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of hoping to see a traditional style uh, Kyle um, offense where we just run the ball nonstop and uh, run up the score. Uh, this would be the one time that I don't think Kyle would be out coached because the Chargers coach is terrible, and he's been out coached so many times lately. So many. I know times. Matt is agreeing with you so yeah. so heavily yeah. right now. So so like that's why I'm like okay, well there, we shouldn't be have to worry about being out coached because Kyle's been out coached way too much this season already. Um, yeah. He's way better than the Chargers coach. That guy's an idiot. All that talent, and he just yeah. <laughs> we should. This should be an for sure win and at least i hope so because we've had a couple for sure wins already this season and they have not pounded out that way so you know i'm kind of be on the edge of my seat <laughs> but we got to we got to get from the way i see it we got to get at least six wins of the next nine games so this is one we have to get because and if we want to make the playoffs i feel like we got to win six more games so this okay. to me this one's we should win but it's very 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 important that we do win this game yeah, I, I agree. Um, they've already fumbled a couple of games they should have won. They've lost their leeway. Matt, I'm going to throw it back to you. They're looking to get Elijah, which Christian touched on, Elijah Mitchell back, Aziz Al-Shair, Kyle Juszczyk, Debo Samuel. Which of these would you say makes the biggest impact to return healthy? I mean, they're all going to be. I I, I got I got to give two. There's got, offensively, Elijah Mitchell is is the biggest comeback. Defensively, I think it's Aziz Al Shire because I think that he helps make Fred Warner better. Um, Fred Warner's looked a little bit better as of late, but I think that linebacking core as a whole uh, typically needs to work together. And it's been a while since Dre was in there with Fred and with Aziz, and I think getting all of those guys back is going to lead to the defense tightening up. And I think that will actually help spell any concerns with, you know, maybe AA isn't quite ready or, you know, Javon Kinlaw is still hobbling over on the sideline. Hashtag Grant Cohen was right, apparently. Um, But, you know, those linebackers fly all over the field and being able to fill those gaps if the defensive line isn't up to the task is going to make their the defensive job a lot easier. So, both both sides of the ball are going to see some improvements. And, you know, I agree with Christian. Brandon Staley is dog water as a coach. Like, he is nasty, like gross, should be fired, criminal what he's doing with that much talent. Um, they should be blowing teams out left and right, and they're not. Um, I don't know how many times Kyle has been actually outcoached. I would say once against Atlanta, but the other games, I, I feel like he's done a pretty good job. That that drubbing at Kansas City, that wasn't really Kyle. That that definitely was a lot of of Andy Reid picking on D'Amico Ryan's because we all know Kyle doesn't do shit on defense. So, um, but uh, again, with his new toys, I think he's going to get more inventive. Um, I think we heard that in the press conference after the Rams game where he said, man, I just brainstormed and I just called around the coaches and see, Hey, does anybody know if Christian can throw the ball? And when you have all these weapons and he gets excited and he's into it, I think there was a little period where it was like, shit, we got to do this Jimmy Garoppolo thing again. Right. And it was like when last year, when he tried to do both quarterbacks, he, he gets distracted sometimes. And that, that affects how he calls plays. I think with toys and getting playmakers back, that makes him more excited. I think we're going to see a lot of new wrinkles in the second half of the season. Yeah. 
I agree. Um, there's just so much there for him to work with for once. And they're finally getting healthy. They're, they've dealt with knock on wood, all of their injuries in the first half of the year. Now they're able to return healthy. Um, Hung Fat, this is an interesting comment. Alshayer might be our best inside linebacker, but y'all aren't ready to have that talk. You guys agree or disagree? No, I agree. Uh, Alshayer is definitely a great uh, inside linebacker. Like, he, could, he could be the starting inside linebacker on most teams in the NFL. I don't, I don't yeah. think he's better than Fred, though. He's, I wouldn't say he's better than Fred, but that's where Fred, Fred plays in the middle. Yeah. So I if agree he's saying inside you. linebacker, then Al Shire ain't better than Fred. Like, let's yeah. be real. Fred, I, I agree with you that he that he makes Fred better, though. That much I yeah. do agree. That he they, does. He, he takes some of those coverage cues away from Fred. Right. Mm-hmm. Fred's weak. Fred's biggest weakness is in the coverage game where he has to sit on an island by himself. He's not the best at passing zones off and picking up new guys entering his zone. That's where he struggles, and I think that Aziz does that a little better. So that that helps, but to say I don't think he's better overall. I mean, not after – dude, I mean, did you all see Fred Warner launch himself like a dude, fucking piss missile? His sideline to sideline speed <laughs> for an, a middle linebacker is insane. Yeah. Bro, when he did – when I saw that, I was like oh, – I, I, and I thought, I thought you couldn't do that. I thought you couldn't leave the ground you for can't, You can't – you can. You can't leave with your helmet, though. Oh, and he was okay. his arms, and he just shoved that dude. But that yeah, was he sick. did. Was he like, probably, and I, I don't. And the, the beauty of that play was, dude, definitely didn't expect it because you <laughs> saw his reaction. These guys, these guys like, hate the these guys that? hate the Rams so much. I swear, this team hates the Rams so much yeah. that they just play hard as fuck when we play the Rams. Yo, I thought I thought I was watching Roman Reigns spirit freaking somebody, man. God damn, <laughs> right? That was a good hit. By the way, is a 49er fan. Yes, Along he is. with yeah. the late great Yokozuna, who was a 49er fan. Yeah, the Usos, Along with the Usos, the Usos who are 49er fans as well. Hey, they need to talk to their cousin, The Rock, because he showed up at a lot of Rams games. But look, man, The Rock is a part of Hollywood. He, he, he's going to go in there and do what he has to do for Tinseltown. And I'm sorry, it looked like they put some bronzer on his face when he was announcing stuff at the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. I'm like, Rock, why are you out now, bro? Uh-uh, don't do that. I have a, don't do that, I have a feeling the only team that The Rock is actually a fan of is Miami because that's where he's I was playing. about to say, he's a, he's a, I, was, I think he's a Dolphins fan. No, Maybe. no, no, no. Hurricanes. Oh, Hurricanes. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he went to the, for the Hurricanes. Yeah. And and the sad part he played was, with Warren Sapp. Bro, he yeah. bro, he played with a ton of stars. Dude, a S- ton Sapp of stars. Sap came in as a tight end and then took the rock spot at the end. Yeah. It, it long story short with that one, Warren Sapp said himself, had had uh the rock not been injured, he would have been yeah. in the league. Oh, but yeah. he kept getting hey. injured, so I mean, it worked out better for him, though. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> he got a whole lot of money lot now. Better. He ain't tripping. You know what I'm Dude, anyway, <laughs> but, but back to the point. Like, I just, you know, it, it, I think that the 49ers. I, I just want to say this real quick about the Rams because we can put them in in the dust. The 49ers do a better job against Aaron Donald than any team in the league. They shut that dude down. Speaking they piss him of off such. so bad, and I love it. Is that Brunskill? It is Brunskill. It is, bro. It is. He's straddling this dude like he's giving him a lap dance. <laughs> he says, giddy up. Giddy up, horsey. <laughs> giddy up. Look at Aaron. He's like, Dad, I don't want to play this game anymore. Shut up, son. Just shut up. <laughs> yeah. Get down on the ground. 
Don't worry. I'm making, it. I'm making you into a man. It's all right. <laughs> I do think that the Rams do bring out the best in a lot of 49ers, including Jimmy Garoppolo. But one thing I want to point out that we have to look out for in the second half, Jimmy Garoppolo has had 16 interceptable passes so far this year. Mm-hmm. That's really high. That's yes. really high, including two that Jalen Ramsey should have picked off. Yeah, the he one just dropped he, the one that he blitzed and got his hands on, maybe not, because that's like that's real hot, like real close. But the one in, I believe it was in the end zone, uh, he should have picked that off. That should have been a pick all day long. Um, and, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo really has to be careful on some of these passes. He's gotten away with a few. And those can go, those have gone Jimmy Garoppolo's way so far. He's got 11 touchdowns, four picks. It could easily be, you know, seven, eight picks. And we can't have that. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, those types of plays just completely change the course of the game. Um, 49er media, I'm going to throw it back to you. 49ers schedule, they got uh, nine games left. Christian touched on it. Roughly, they have to win six of the nine. Which one are you circling the most? Um, they, I'll read them out real quick. Obviously, they have uh, the Chargers Sunday night. Why is this completely out of order? Here, I got you, Zach. Thank you. They have the Chargers on Sunday night at home. They have the Mexico City game Monday, November 21st against the Arizona Cardinals. Week 12 is at home against the New Orleans Saints. Week 13 is at home against the Miami Dolphins. Week 14 at home against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Most of us will be at that game. Week 15 is their second-to-last road game of the season. That'll be Thursday night, December 15th at Seattle. Week 16 at home against the Washington Commies. Week 17, they fly to Sin City and play the Raiders in Las Vegas, and they finish up the season at home against the Cardinals on January 8th. And i got to say, it's hard to not to see that how we don't win six of those. The only team coached worse we'll, than, we'll, we'll get than to the that. Chargers we'll get to that. is the Raiders. Let's let, let's let media share. Sorry. Yeah, so I think the game I'm circling the most is the matchup of Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniels the Miami game um, because I mean Miami's been playing out of their mind right so uh, it, you know the Niners have that that's going to be a big game if they can somehow you know win that game and yeah you know the divisional games are going to be super important too because right now they're 3-0 and in the division so if, if they can really you know get a hold of that division because especially Seattle's you know playing well they're they're leading the division right now so Aside from the Miami game as well, you know, the the divisional games are going to be super, super important as well. Yeah, I'm a bit surprised, honestly, that they were able to get this far. I mean, obviously, it's only three games, but to be undefeated in the division, it, it's no small feat. I mean, last year, I think they went, what, two and four? They only beat the Rams twice and they lost every other divisional game. So it's really, really impressive what they've been able to do. And hopefully they're able to continue it. Um, like Matt said, well, most of us will be at the Tampa Bay game. If you're going to that game, come say hi. Come say what's up. We'll put something out there. Let, let people know where we're going to meet up the night before at the game. I just got the next day off today, actually. So I'm going to get ridiculously drunk that day, I'm sure. We're going to have a great time. We're, I'm really excited for it. Uh, my guy Joey says, I'm circling both Cardinals games. They mean a lot for the division, especially if that last game is for the playoffs. What do you guys think? I, I agree with that. And here's the thing. This year, more than the last couple of years, because Arizona typically plays us tough, they're very vulnerable. This team looks out of sorts. They don't look like they're on the same page. Cliff Kingsbury looks like he's finally 
you know, out of his depth and Kyler Murray can no longer carry him. Um, those are going to be two huge games. I also agree with media. The big game on the schedule really to test the defense is going to be that game against Miami. That's going to be an indication of, of what our playoff chances are going to be. You know, we struggled with Kansas City and a great quarterback. You're looking at Miami. I mean, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are a big ask to cover for these corners. They're going to get stretched all over the field, and it's going to be interesting to see. And then you have Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. who are going to want some mode of revenge against their old team. They're going to be amped up. That's going to be a huge test for the defense. So, um, I mean, these are all winnable games. We only have two true road games left. Um, you know, the Mexico City games in neutral neutral field, but the, the schedule breaks favorably for us. So I, I think that there's a good chance that the 49ers can win at least six of these. I agree. Um, and, and finish up the year 10 and 7 yet again. Do you guys think that's enough to either win the division or at the very least get a wild card? Yeah, By the way, real quick. enough to win the division at a minimum. Yeah. Yeah, because honestly, when, when when you look at the division and you look at the way things are lined up, to be honest with you, I don't see Seattle continuing what they've been doing. They do look like a contender right now, but I could see somebody, they're going on a couple game losing streak and knocking themselves off. The only other teams, and then the Cardinals, no, they're a joke. They're, there's so much dysfunction there, man. You got Buda Baker crying telling people to get their, get, get their stuff together. You got Kyler Murray having little man syndrome where he's angry all the time, you know, and, and, and just there's just a lot of dysfunction there, man. And I just don't see them getting on track. Robbie Anderson dropped – I watched the game. He dropped several several easily catchable passes. But that's been a knock on him throughout his career. He has moments where he'll catch, you know, some crazy catch – but for the most part, he drops a lot of footballs. So, I mean, and then when you look at the Rams, their offensive line is trash. They have no run game to speak of, like none. Like you, Typically, when you look at the teams in the league, you go, who has the shittiest run game? Hmm. Usually you say Buffalo because Josh Allen is their run game. They never use their running backs. And they even got Naeem Hines. And it still ain't nobody doing nothing over there. But then you see the Rams this year. Their run game is just trash, and none of them are scoring. Nothing's happening. So, I honestly think our division is is ours for the taking. We just need to go out there and continue to punch teams in the mouth, and I think with this formula that we're going to have coming out of the bye week, it's going to get ugly. All right. I love it. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to touch upon? That's all I had here in my notes. Uh, I was going to say with Seattle, I feel like – they're the little engine that could, and you can only make playing with heart go for so long. Cause that's what those guys are doing. They're most of the time undermanned and winning games like that. You can only play with heart for so long and it's working right now. Cause it, they're playing. This is a, a good year for Seattle where they were supposed to have a down year and the rest of the league is kind of mediocre instead of having a bunch of guys at teams at the top. Eventually it's going to run out. Like they're not that good. Like what we did to them week two is because they are really aren't that good. Jimmy came into that game and we still freaking whooped their ass because they're just they're they're okay, but eventually it's gonna it's gonna taper off. I think I think teams will get tape on Geno Smith and kind of figure that out. Um, that'll be you know 
that'll be what it is. I mean, they don't, it's, they, they have a pretty similar schedule to what we have. So, you know, they're, they're off to a good start, but anything can happen. Um, but actually before we go, what I was thinking we could do is that, you know, now that we're putting a recap on the 49ers first half, let's just uh, go through the four phases of, of the game and, give them a grade you know offense defense special teams and coaching and just kind of see where we go from there um, oh, so Zach, can... we gotta touch oh not not to interrupt matt don't we have to yeah. uh touch on the uh my bookie great great reminder thank you um let's let's do that and then we'll get to matt's idea which is a great idea before wrapping up here give me one second i'm not prepared We got to thank today's sponsor, fellas, which is my bookie. Got the code in there and everything. Let me get this out of the way. That's even more in the way. Now it's out of the way. YouTube's been messing with me every single time I do this. So fingers crossed it doesn't. I guess we'll see. Uh, but guys, shout out to my bookie for sponsoring today's show. You know, sports, you pick winners all the time. Why not get paid for it at my bookie? My bookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests for all of your sports betting needs anytime anywhere you can bet on the nfl nba or aim for a low risk high reward jackpot with the all new my bookie money bag super exciting it's like a slot machine they give you a bet and it's always like plus five thousand odds or something crazy like that money bag is a -a one-of-a-kind opportunity to spin for crazy odds on props and futures Place your bet, spin the wheel, and get ready to score epic odds on the best teams, athletes, and events. Sign up free today. Use promo code HIVE, as in H-I-V-E, and claim a double deposit match of any amount all the way up to $1,000. Again, that's promo code HIVE to claim your bonus. And if you deposit between now and the end of the month, you'll also get that deposited match 100% and entered in to our Christian McCaffrey jersey giveaway all you got to do is send us a picture of your MyBookie account number, proof that you've entered in, and you're all good. This is going through the end of November. We're giving away somebody. We're giving away to somebody a Christian McCaffrey jersey. So good luck, everyone. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere at MyBookie. All right. Let's get you into did it. All right, good. You good. Did it. It, it did not cut out on me. Congratulations. Dealing with this, man. YouTube's been screwing us. All right. Let's get into <laughs> these grades. All right. Start in whatever order you want with with the people or whatever. Like if you want to do reverse, so start with Christian and then back, let's to, do it. Yeah. back to you. Uh, let's, let's start with the way. offense. Christian. You're muted. I, I'd say I'd probably go with maybe uh, C plus, B minus, just uh, – um, a lot of good things and then a lot of terrible at the same time. Too much talent to not getting getting out of it what we should be. So probably C plus, um, just just because of the fact that this that offense is too talented to been as terrible that it's been at times. Um, we should have like for example, I know we got freaking creamed by the by the Chiefs. Our offense, there's no reason, even with Jimmy, we should not have been able to freaking go and get in a shootout with him because their defense is fucking atrocious. And we did not. And our, D, our, D, our offense is just as talented as theirs other than we don't have a quarterback that they have. So 
Okay. All right. Uh, 49er Media, what do you grade the 49ers offense? I'm going to give it a B minus. And the reason is because I feel like it's going on an upward like ways. So I, I think it's going to look better because of CMC, especially it has looked, you know, better. So I, I'm going to say B minus because I expect it to also just continue to go up and up. Okay. I agree with that. Dion. I'm going to echo uh, media sentiments. I think you were looking for, I think the words you were looking for was uh, trajectory. <laughs> I think that's what he's looking for when he was saying it. But yeah, I give it about a B minus. Um, we are on an upper trajectory. Uh, we hope that it continues to get better, especially with the healthy additions that we have coming back. Um, and for me, the minute we, we started putting Jeff Wilson Jr. on the trading block, that told me that the team was like, okay, we've talked to the doctors. Elijah will be ready out of out of the bye week. So if we need to do what we need to do, we, we've already traded. We got CMC. Let's get Jeff out of here. Let him do what he does. Um, but, yeah, B minus for me. Okay. Brandon. Um, I'm going to go with uh, B minus as well. I agree with uh, Dion and media. Uh, I think the offense is going uh, up from here on out throughout the season. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's my take. Um, just watch out for uh, big plays, especially with uh, CMC and Elijah Mitchell back in there. Matt? You know, I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to say a B simply for the fact that this team has dealt with so many injuries on the offense. I mean, you lost Elijah Mitchell week one, you lost Trey Lance week two, you go through the regular season, you're dealing with injuries. I mean, you know, George Kittle didn't play until week three. Um, you had a couple guys, you know, miss some games on the line. Trent Williams was out for a couple of games. You're dealing with all this. And at the same time, you got Jimmy Garoppolo with all those dogs waiting for the scraps off the table, leaving that food up there and not feeding anybody. And so for them to be four and four with all the adversity that they've dealt with and going into a bye week and starting to get weapons back. And then you add Christian McCaffrey on top of that, this room, this, this room now in the offensive room has tons of potential to just explode in the second half. Um, in spite of what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do. I think that Shanahan has enough weapons to kind of, you know, put Jimmy Garoppolo in this padded room that no matter which way he wants to run into the wall, he's just going to bounce off. You know, um, I, I think the 49ers are really, really going to showcase an improved offensive game plan going forward. Kyle Shanahan gets an extra week to kind of install a game plan that he knows that Jimmy Garoppolo will have a hard time screwing up. And I think that's just going to lead to good things for the 49ers going forward. Okay. I'm, I'm, I hear you, Matt, and I'm with you, but I'm also not as happy with how they went i'm i totally get the injuries and i'm pumped for where it's going but on the eight games that we've seen i gotta give them like a c i mean it's just so much talent there to have games like the denver game the falcons game uh i'd, I'd say c I, I think they're on the, the right path i think they're getting it figured out so far it was a little ugly there were good spots against bad teams but I want to see them play well against good teams. I'm going to double back, snake it back. So I'm going to go defense, start with me. And I'm going to go B minus through the first like four or five games. This was a historically great defense. And then they got hurt and things completely took a nosedive. Armstead, Kinlaw, they lost Emmanuel Mosley, unfortunately. 
So if they were still as healthy as they were week one, it would be like a plus without a doubt because they're dealing with these injuries, because they're trying to figure out how to have these younger players step up and not have as much of a drop in talent. I'm going to go, I think I said B minus B plus. So let's, let's, let's average out with a B B Matt. What do you got for the defense? Uh, you know, I'm going to go with, with a B plus. I think that they've been pretty good. They had one really shitty game against Kansas city, which was a exercise in the experience of an offensive genius, taking advantage of the inexperience of D'Amico Ryan's. Um, like you said, injuries play a part. I'm a little bit more forgiving on the injury front. They've had a lot, a lot more than most other teams and they've still managed to play pretty good defense. Remember the Atlanta game, Atlanta scored 28 points, but there was a defensive touchdown in that game. So that really brings that average back down. I just think that, you know, when they're healthy, they're firing on all cylinders. And I really thought that, you know, against the Rams coming off of that just terrible drubbing against the Chiefs, that D'Amico Ryans came back with a really, really good game plan and showed that he can adjust from adversity and so, again, like I said, with the offense, when you have pieces coming back, Aziz Alshire, you have Dre Greenlaw probably going to come back healthy. Jason Verrett is probably going to head out there at some point or another. The club is going to come off of, of Jimmy Ward at some point, right? So as this team gets healthier, as these rookies actually get more and more playing time, and, you know, this applies to the offense too because the rookies that haven't been making an impact, that's on brand with the Kyle Shanahan team where the rookies actually make an impact in the second half of the season. We saw it with Dante Pettis. We saw it with, you know, um, uh, Juwan Jennings. You know, we saw it with Debo Samuel. We saw it with Brandon Ayuk. In their rookie seasons, the second half tended to be better than the first. On defense, that's going to be much the same. I expect more out of Samuel Womack. You know, that these guys, Drake Jackson, same thing. As they get more acclimated to the NFL game, you start putting them in more comfortable positions as they get used to it, and they start making plays. So, you know, B, B plus for me for the defense. Okay. Brandon. All right. I'm going to go with uh, a B plus for the defense as well. Um, I think they've played phenomenal through the first, what was it six, five, six weeks? Um, I think you go back to that Kansas City game. I think if the Niners defense was fully healthy with the Ark and Armstead in there, Javon Kinlaw, Valiant Mosley, a Tavarius Ward that didn't have his coming off his injury, uh, how the Niners rushed him back that week. Um, I think you would have saw a better low scoring and possible dub game for the Niners on that one. Um, but I mean, other than that game, I still I still think they they looked phenomenal so far. And I think um, like Matt said, with everybody coming back healthy. They're going to go back to what they were the first five weeks. Um, so, D+. Plus. Okay. Dion, what do you got? Uh, I had to go at least with like a B plus, B minus, kind of wavering on uh, on both. Um, they've looked great all season to me. Uh, yeah, we had the Kansas City game where we got our ass handed to us. Um, but outside of that game, the defense has done more than enough. It's been – you know, to echo Max, Matt's uh, sentiments, Jimmy leaving food on the table. Like, it, it literally goes back to that because there's so many times where you see so many people open and you're looking at the film and you're like, bro, how do you not see this? And you'll see him in a clean pocket, look like he's getting confused. But 
We all know the telltale signs that Jimmy doesn't know what the fuck to do. He bats the ball like he's burping a baby, and he starts tap dancing, you know, in the pocket. Once he does that, that automatically tells you he's about to do some dumb shit. So you just got to be prepared for it. But as far as the defense goes, um, they've done things to help us win games. And I know the Kansas City game, they just, you know, got destroyed. But when you look at other games, perfect example. We had every opportunity to win that Falcons game. We just never converted anything on offense. And no one can tell me different because I did the research. About eight minutes and 20 seconds left in the third quarter, the defense shut them down. They didn't even get a field goal. But the offense, lollygagging, hanging out, chilling, eight-minute drive in the fourth quarter like you're up by two touchdowns. Like, it, these things, honestly, to me, I'm looking at it like, yo, y'all, y'all know Christmas is coming, right? If any of y'all wants some presents, you better get out on that field, start scoring some damn points. My job as a defender is not to score. It's to stop the other team from scoring. So your job as an offense is to score. So I didn't gave y'all, I don't know how many drives, and y'all still ain't giving me nothing. I tell you right now, the gifts under your tree will be from family and family only. Don't look for me to spend my hard-earned money on you because you ain't giving me shit in return. And I'm sorry. It, some people look at it and they go, oh, well, it's a team game. At some point, you are still a human being, and it's going to piss you off. Matt, you go to your job. And so you out there busting your ass. You're doing everything. But you got a coworker that only gives it just a small percentage. That's going to piss you off. So you, Matt's not going to be okay with that. You're going to look and be like, no, fuck this. What? Why? No. I'm like, no. He, he need to do his job a lot better. We need to retrain. We need to do something. But I can't be out here, you know, running through, doing everything that I'm doing. And the next thing I know, this dude comes in, you know, half-ass his job, and he gets praised. No, I can't give him praise. I need him to understand that he's going to need to give me a little bit more or at least get to my level. That way I feel better about sharing this this, this praise that we all receive. But B, B minus B plus, they, they've done more than enough this season. I'm not knocking on them. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of that Falcons game, just brought me back. I believe there was like an eight, nine, ten minute drive that resulted in no points. Yeah, it was the fourth quarter. Fucking it, it wound up in a turnover yeah. on the bounds. Yeah. Like that, at that moment, honestly, that's where I wanted Kyle to call a timeout, gather his offense. You don't need the defense. They already been doing their job. Just gather your offense and go, guys, what are we doing? Why are we out here taking forever? We don't have time. We are down two scores. The defense is doing their job. Get on the field. Make the plays. Yep. Four media. What do you grade the four defense? This one's tough because I almost want to give them kind of a bad grade just because of two games, but I'm gonna go with a a B minus. And the reason is because we, you know, you guys just brought up the Atlanta game. The Niners cannot stop Marcus Mariota. Like they just, it seemed like they were playing the run, but that didn't work because like. Then they kind of passed it, and you know the, the Falcons basically took the Niners' game plan and executed it, and and the Niners just couldn't stop it. Um, so that deep, you know, the defense struggled in that game, and then in the Chiefs game, like just the the second they just had zero pass rush for most of the game. Like Nick Bosa, I think had 
finally a sack in the fourth quarter. So the defense just did not play well in those two games. But, you know, they started off really, really well. And hopefully, you know, they we can see the second half defense of in the Rams game. Because the defense also did get a little, you know, uh, cooked, you know, in the first half versus the Rams in terms of just not being able to stop the, the screen game of the Rams. But luckily, you know, D'Amico Ryans, the whole – 49ers team adjusted in that second half of the Rams game. So that's all I'm giving the defense a B minus. Okay. Yeah. I hear you. Great points. Christian. Uh, I got to go with an A minus and that's mostly because the whole bad defense thing. I mean, it's like 99% injuries. Like we went from having two all pro corners to having both of them injured, one of them playing with a gimp leg. Like, this defense was so good when it was healthy. Like, in the back, like, the this is the what we've been waiting for with corners-wise, and we finally had it, and then we only got a, a little bit of a taste of it because mostly went down. They were playing unbelievable. When the offensive or the defensive line was healthy with Armstead, Kinlaw, the freaking pass rush was just constant. Constant because you no matter what you what you did if you freaking doubled one guy another guy was getting through, but as soon as the injuries started coming, it, it the, obviously the defense slowed down. Like when you lose your two interior defense alignment, you lose your freaking corner who's probably playing the best of any player on your team. You, you know you lose two of your linebackers. Um, you, you know your safety with Ward not being in there. So, uh, for me, I mean, this defense was, like, unreal good. And if they could have stayed healthy all season, it would have been, like, historical defense, I think. So, I'm going to give an A- minus just because the injury bug kind of ruined their chance to have, like, a straight-up historical season. Like, I'm pretty sure the first couple games, didn't wasn't there, like, a mention that, like, the, there was some stat the Niners had that was better. We than were the, mentioned. We were mentioned with uh, the eighty-five Bears, right? The eighty-five Bears and the two thousand Ravens. That's right? what I'm saying. We were on that track until the injuries. If we stayed healthy, if we stayed. If we were, if we played the Chiefs earlier in the season healthy, that game would have went way differently. Way differently. It would have looked. It would have looked the way it should have looked. Where constantly you have pass rushing Mahomes. He's throwing terrible. He would have looked like how he played like shit against the chargers even though they won we would have picked off the ball that the chargers dropped like three four interceptions that's how the game should have looked with our defense but with all the injuries it, it completely completely just killed the defense like you can't lose that many guys and then expect them to go against Mahomes. and the, the I would say the Falcon game is a perfect example of how, when you lose those that many guys on the defense, you lose a game like that. Obviously, the offense was terrible, but there's no reason that the defense shouldn't have dominated um, Mariota and the Falcons. But with those injuries, there's there <laughs> there was no way you could tell in certain times after the injuries came. I like what I would see like our defense playing un. un- uninspired almost like they were like fuck we're so hurt and we're still playing our best and struggling like there were times where i'm like oh they don't even look like they want to be there because it was just such a rough rough freaking go from the beginning to where we were at towards get coming into the bye week 
Yeah, for sure. No Cordero Patterson, too. That that hurt a little extra. Um, so I guess we're special teams. Christian, mm-hmm. we'll keep it with you. Special teams grade. Well, I'd give it like a like a, a B plus. It's been uh good at times, bad in other times. Like um McLeod freaking he's actually helped a lot. Like returning kickoffs and punts. I mean, dude, his ability to make the first guy miss on punts is insane. Every time I'm just like, I just can't wait when I see him not catch a fair catch. I'm like, well, let's see what he does to the first guy this time. So that's been good. Um, kicking game's been mostly good. Mitch has been like, was just like, just pay me. And then I'll freaking look like an all pro punter. Uh, so I, I'd give, I'd give, I'd give them a B plus. I think they've done uh, really well and helped us uh, a lot compared to last season. Um, you know, we've had, uh, we've gotten a couple, you know, positive like you know turnovers for us with the special teams and, st- and stuff like that so far um this season that we didn't get last season so i think they've done actually really well and i'm glad that we've improved so much um compared to last year because last year was a disaster <laughs> point on the media what do you grade special teams okay i know you guys are not gonna like this grade and i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a c minus and the reason is because Going into the offseason, I was so hyped about the special teams. I was like, man, we signed to Ray Ray McLeod. The Niners invested heavily, you know, in Oren Burks and uh, George Odom. And the special teams, to me, has just been so inconsistent. Like, the, like you know, Christian said, yeah, the, the kicking game's been great. Mitch Wisnowski's done great after he got, especially after he got paid. But it's just, I'm not sold on the return game still, like, I don't understand also why Rara McLeod always takes the ball out because I feel like he doesn't have to do that. And I, I've just been disappointed with special teams because I, I think they could have been a top like 15 unit and we haven't seen that. So, Okay, yeah. I I, I can't wait to answer this one. Dion, what do you got? Uh, I give him about a C plus, honestly. And I give him that because they haven't been spectacular, but they haven't been a horrible failure. Um, we've seen some ups and downs, some ebbs and flows uh, with the special teams. Uh, as we've all said, you know, Mitch, <laughs> we're going to call him Money Mitch from now on because <laughs> he got paid, baby. He's keep putting that thing like nobody's business. Um, I love when I hear the commentators go, he's got like a knuckleball punt. And it's like, yeah, he does because he sets people up and – you know, like that that tells you that that person has literally studied the dynamics of how a football flies in certain ways when you kick it, certain points on the ball, everything. So he knows his craft, and I can appreciate that. McLeod's been all right, you know. Um, honestly, to be honest with you, if you want to bolster your special teams, you ain't using Danny Gray for deep shots. Might as well use him for kick and punt returns. I'd put him there with Ray Ray. I'd put him there on punt returns just to give the kids some kind of time on the field because our special teams right now is, is littered with Ty Davis price and Jordan Mason and, you know, so on and so forth. But I give them a C minus, I mean, a C plus. Um, Hopefully they continue to improve, but that's my grade. Brandon, what do you got? Um, I also say a C plus. Um, I mean, they've they've improved a little bit compared to the past two years. Um, Ray Ray McLeod, like 
he he has his days, but there's a reason why the Steelers did get rid of him. Um, so you know, there's that, and I think I agree with Dion. I think you should put Danny Gray out there. Uh, he has the speed for it, and I mean, give him some playing time somewhere, you know. So um, maybe keep a lookout for that. Maybe they do try that out uh, sometime, but I don't know. We'll see. Okay, Matt, what do you got? D plus. To me, Mitch Wisnowski is essentially the only thing that's been good about special teams. the The kick coverage hasn't been great. They've given up some some field position. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod is giving me horrible throwbacks to Richie James, who I contend is the worst kick returner in the history of football. I mean, Ray Ray McLeod was brought in for his big playability, and I can count exactly one time where he's actually done good on a return. The other times he's bringing the ball out when he just needs to take a knee because he's getting tackled at the 17 rather than us taking it at the 25. And Robbie Gould still has one or two or three of those kicks where he just shanks it off on an extra point or like a 40-yard makeable field goal, and he just doesn't look like he gives a shit. And so when you add all that up, I, I for a minute thought Richard Hightower was still in the building because I don't see any improvement in anyone on special teams except for Mitch Wisnowski straight up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not as high on the special teams unit. There were a couple games where I was shaking my fist yelling high tower, just like freaking uh Haberman and Middlecoff do because the 49ers, I could have sworn he was back on that sideline. The shit that they've allowed that blocked field goal or extra point, whatever the hell it was in week two for a touchdown. Robbie got hurt against I forget which game it was because they could not tackle and they're allowing the kick returner to bring the ball all the way back out to Robbie. His ass should have known better too, because like the one time Robbie gold doesn't make a business decision. Yeah. Like unless he was looking for a two week vacation. Yeah. Maybe he was, but he got it. The 49ers special teams. I don't know what it is. Yes. Ray Ray's good at making that first man miss, but that, Dude needs to hold on to the damn ball because it's so damn nerve-wracking seeing him catch the ball, make a man miss, while at the same time barely having his hands on the ball to begin with. So I want to see them improve on that. I'm going with like a D as well, and I think there is a lot of room to improve. Um, All right, last grade, coaching, which is a very, very interesting one. I don't know how to say this one. I'm going to start myself. We'll go all the way back and with with Christian. Coaching, I'm going to give a B minus. I think the 49ers could have could improve with coaching, but I think there's a lot there that the players simply cannot execute. Looking at you, Jimmy, um, but at the end of the day, there's that old you know argument: how much of it comes down to the coaches making sure the players can execute what they're calling. Without getting into that whole debate, I'm going to wrap it up with a B minus, Matt. I'm going to go with B. Um, I'm going to give it a slightly higher grade. And once again, I will go back to that really good Alex Rollins NFL video. You brought up the question. I got your answer. Kyle Shanahan does a lot that most lay people wouldn't really look at and see on a play to play basis that he really tries to help Jimmy Garoppolo out. And it just doesn't seem to work. D'Amico Ryans, he's done a really good job too. But, I mean, he got taken to the woodshed by by Andy Reid. And so th- these guys have room to improve. Um, you know, Kyle still will try to get too cute and outcoach himself. 
and he does lack a little bit of a killer instinct. And I think that those are things that you got to figure out and change as the season goes on. And I, you know, we're in year five, six of the Kyle Shanahan regime. It's, it's time for him to, you know, I, I don't want him to be one of those coaches where it doesn't work out here. He goes somewhere else. And then the, the switch just like it clicks. And then he's, you know, God's gift to coaching and we've seen it happen before. And so I just worry about that with him. Um, I, you know, he's got to get it together. I think he does a really good job to work around Jimmy's limitations. I think he's got weapons now. I think it'll improve. So I'm going to give it a B. Okay. I like it. Brandon. Uh, I'm going to give it a B. Um, I think it mostly falls on Kyle too, because like Matt said, he does get cute with his offensive play calling, um, especially when he has a 10 point lead. Um, so there's that. And then also before CMC got here, the offense just looked lost out there a lot of the times. Uh, and, and I feel like that's another reason why we lost those close ones to the Denver Broncos, to Chicago Bears. Um, so uh, without getting more into it, I'll just leave it at uh, giving it a B. <laughs> All right, cool. Dion, what do you got? <laughs> Shout out to Tommy and Randy out here, man, with the uh, Coming to America references. <laughs> she all ain't seen Coming to America, man. You missed out on a great movie. That shit was hilarious. Um, for me, I'll give it a C plus. Uh, C plus, borderline B minus. And my, my main reason for that is the offense. It's just the situations where there are times where you want Kyle to do more and assert himself more as a head coach to be a better leader of men than to stop watching things from the sideline happen and do nothing. And I agree with Matt. He does not have that killer instinct. I've said this for years and I'll continue to say it. Kyle, you need to have a sit down with Bill Belichick and figure out what it is and why he just could give two shits about the other team because Bill Belichick could be up 50 on you. You know what Bill Belichick says? I need to be up 60 or 70 on you. I don't want to give you any chance to come back in this game whatsoever. And the whole point is put your foot on their throat, watch the life flow from their eyes. I want to see somebody gasping for air. I want your body to be squirming. And yes, this sounds very harsh, but in a football game, you must force someone to submit to your will. And that's what we did against the Lamb Chops. You saw them. They kneeled down. They just, look, man. We ain't finna win this game. Forget it. I'm done. I ain't. I'm not about to waste my time. But and stories coming out that their coach is gonna quit too when all the players are gone. I got a perfect analogy for you, and I think you'll like this, Dion. Listen, yeah, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan is much more LeBron than he is MJ. Oh, right? both both immensely talented, right? All right, Michael, we can Jordan, Michael right Jordan, the type of dude that's gonna go to Bill Wennington hey. saying like, "Hey, I want your card money, buddy." Hey, man, that is – oh, fuck. I never thought of it like that, but that is the perfect analogy. Perfect analogy for that situation. When you see Kyle in those situations, you want him you, – you really would love to have that MJ. But MJ is Bill. MJ is definitely Bill. Bill has got that killer instinct. I want, I'm, I'm ready to get you. Like, it, Jordan was one of those people – you could be playing the simplest game of goldfish. He don't – he doesn't want to lose. He's upset and pissed off when he loses. But as far as the coaching, I'll give him a C plus, borderline B minus. 
um, because the defensive coaching has been very, been very, very good. We've just been riddled by injuries. I love what D'Amico is doing. Um, he's definitely a head coach next year for someone. And to be honest with you, if Vic Fangio is still sniffing around the building, I'm all right with Vic Fangio. I have no, I have no objections to Vic Fangio. The only objection I would have is him going back to a three-four because we don't have the linebackers to complete that, and we need the depth at the linebacking core to be able to do so. But if you think about this really quickly, so media can do it, and then uh, Christian could give his take. If you put a three-four out there, you get you a proper nose tackle, a real hog in the middle that stays healthy, a Casey Hayward type. To to to, we we all know Casey Hayward is one of the best nose tackles that ever, that ever played. Get you a Casey Hayward type. I'm not opposed to having Drake Jackson on one side and Nick Bosa on the other. And then having four capable linebackers. I already have three. I have Dre, I have Aziz, I have Fred. Just get me another capable dude that can be there and cover. Man, you got, bro, come on now. Y'all can't tell me that these two dudes coming off the edge that fast is going to wreak havoc. And whoever that hog is in the middle is just going to cause all kinds. It it just it sets up beautifully. But these are ifs, and if it was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. All right, media, what do you got? Coaching. I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna pretty much agree with the Dion here, like C, because the thing is, the biggest issue I've seen throughout us being four and four is the lack of execution, and that goes on Kyle Shanahan because. If the players aren't executing, you know, it goes on the head coach to make figure out what's going wrong and, you know, try and figure it out. Because, like, a guy like – there's multiple times. You know, the biggest one is Jake Brendel, for example, just holding penalties, man. Um, But it's just – Really quick, media. I'm yeah. trying not to interrupt you, but you said his name and you said penalty. Stay your ass from getting down the field, Jake Brendel. Stay away from it. That's been his most – his biggest penalty has been illegal man down the field. Why are you 50 yards down the field? Your big ass shouldn't even be able to get that damn far. <laughs> Back to media. Yeah, for 100%. But, yeah, and that's why I'm, I'm just giving it a low grade because I, it's just the execution. And, yeah, the Niners looked great, especially in the second half versus the Rams. But it's just we got to see consistency. And so once we see that, um, the up the grid's gonna go up from there. All right, Christian, wrap it up for us. Grades, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> to be fair, I feel like I'm being generous. I mean, I I might feel a lot differently than you guys. I'm gonna give it a fucking C minus because, yeah, Kyle's freaking scheming up guys open, and Jimmy can't always hit him. But there's no fucking accountability with this team whatsoever. There's no leadership half the time with this team either that's a head coaching thing that is 100 head coaching thing kyle is a glorified head freaking play like great play caller disguised as a head coach in my opinion so and we're we're think i feel like we've seen that more than anything this year because there i just feel like so many times he's not prepared and then just after the games and all the things the complete lack of accountability i've seen so often and lack of leadership at times is just ridiculous. Like, it's getting so bad we finally saw Kittle freaking actually say something negative 
about the offense, I was like, yeah, well, somebody finally speaking up because it's been ridiculous. Like, don't get me wrong. Kyle is an amazing play caller, but I feel like he's really struggled to um, come out at halftime and actually like uh, make adjustments. Um, D'Amico's been good, except for when it's been bad. I feel like D'Amico's failed to make adjustments that he should should be able to make. Like, it's good when it's good, but when it's bad, it's fucking bad with this team. And that's, to me, that's coach, 100% coaching. So, like, I think you guys are the one, this time being a little bit generous to the coaching because, yeah, it's been good at times, but when it's bad, it is fucking atrocious. Like, get fired atrocious. So... I'm gonna. I'll give it a C minus because there's some good things, and I feel like I'm being generous because at times it looks like it should be a freaking D. Um, I'm gonna give them the you know after the, um, you know after the bye week to see how it goes because of the fact that the injuries do make a do play a part. But so many times when I've seen so much of an inability to uh, come out at halftime and have made adjustments, even with what we're dealing with. It's just infuriating. And then the lack of emotion on the sideline. I know each each you know team is different, but it fucking drives me nuts. Like when I was watching, I think it was the Falcons game or whatever game I was watching, and I was saying like the defense is playing uninspired. Like nobody's even doing anything. They're just fucking sitting there. Like nobody's yelling. Like D'Amico Ryan is played in the NFL as a linebacker. Why the hell are you not yelling at your guys? Like – why is Kyle just sit there and fucking pout by himself? Like get some fucking emotion on the sideline. Like you see these other young coaches that everybody's like laughing at when they started Sirianni, for instance, he, that guy has so much emotion. And so the guys play hard for him. I do not see this half the time with this team that even if we're struggling, guys are going to play hard for their coach. I haven't noticed that I've been looking for it. Like I look, I always watch Kyle's mannerisms and demeanor on the sideline, and I'm like, dude, he's like a fucking stick. I'm like thinking to myself, when the first McCaffrey's first game, when he's looking good, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe Kyle's going to actually look animated. He's going to be excited. Not a goddamn thing. I'm like, well, no wonder this team is the way it is when things start going bad because the fucking coach sits there like a stick, and there's nothing going on. Like, I, I, maybe I'm just to, freaking to negative. be fair. Look just, at Bill Belichick. I mean, he's kind of Bill, Bill gets a pass. Bill gets a pass. Would you rather to see because Sean Bill, McVay type running in the end zone like a yeah, goddamn child? Not, not to that extent, but at least something, dude. Like, because Bill, Bill, Bill gets a pass because Bill will put the knife to your throat and give it a hundred small cut slashes. Fucking no, dude. Bill gets a pass because it his defenses he's put to stop some of the greats so many times. Uh, Bill, Bill. He's the fucking emperor, dude. He's freaking Palpatine. He gets a pass. All right. With that said, nobody else gets a pass. Show up. (laughs) I got dinner waiting for me. Uh, Matt, you guys know where to find Matt. Brandon and Christian, your handles are on the screen. Let the folks know where to find you. Let them know about your podcast. Yeah. um, So Christian's just going to say this is my only platform right here. So go at him at Lefty1680. But for our our podcast, it's uh, at FFPod49 for our faithful podcast. Go ahead and subscribe and like our uh, YouTube channel as well. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and all the shenanigans. Uh, and then my personal page is on screen, BDubs49. Um, and yeah. Sounds good. 49 Media, thank you for joining us. We'll have to have you on again. Let the folks know where to find you. Thank you so much for having me. Really had enjoyed the show. Um, 
You guys can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at 49er Media. Sounds great, man. Uh, Dion, always a blast. Let the folks know where to find you as well. Uh, very simple. Niner Game Podcast on YouTube at Swift D on Twitter, 49er underscore Dion on Instagram. And definitely make sure that you follow the uh, 49ers Hive in general. Um, shout out to Matt and Zach for hosting the show, bringing us in. You know what I'm saying? We're all family here. Um, and definitely at the end of the day, man, go Niners. All right. I love it. Matt, you want to carry us out? Absolutely. Uh, we love having you guys here as always. Thank you for everybody who joined us on, on the panel on the show tonight. Um, it's going to be an exciting, at least interesting second half of football. We only got a couple more days to wait. We're in prime time. It's a perfect showcase to see how this team can kick off the rest of the season. With that being said, for Zach and myself, thank you as always for joining us. And until next time, go Niners. Hey there, I'm Brandon Kelly from the Always Cheating Podcast, co-hosted with my friend Josh Landon. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. What is Blue Wire? Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. And over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised more than $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and their business operations. Now they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. And it's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup. You can invest as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which will in turn help this show continue to grow. So if you'd like to be a part of the BlueWire investment round or want to find out more information, visit WeFunder.com slash BlueWire.